in the series called Experiencing God. And uh, hopefully you've been able to stay in tune with us and watching online. And uh, we had, um, you know, if you missed the last couple of weeks, I encourage you to jump in and, and catch up. And uh, this has been a, a powerful series for me. It's been one of those series that been timeless in my life. And um, uh, 20 years ago, doing a Bible study, and, and, and it's been great for me to revisit a lot of these truths that I have learned uh, 20 years ago in a Bible study and, and, and to bring it back here and to share it with you and with our church family. Um, every week, we're exploring how we can know God's will for our life. That's what we're doing because that's something that we all want, right? We all want to know God's purpose, God's plan, God's will for all of us. And if we're honest, what we really want is God to make this whole process of knowing his will super, super easy. Like, hey, God, if you can just make it a five-step process, you know, if you can just make it so easy, you know, if you can, in fact, if you can just make it three easy steps, that would be a bit better. You know, if I can find three easy steps, one, two, three, bam, I know God's will for my life. I think most of us would sign up for that, right? We would say, hey, that's what we want. And in fact, that's how we kind of do life lately. You know, you can find a five-step, three-step, six-step plan for anything in life. I was looking online this past week, and I found a list. Five steps to be a hipster. Five steps. And step number one was you have to wear skinny jeans. And I'm like, I'm out. Okay, not wearing, not wearing skinny jeans. How many of you can say that's right? <laughs> you know, so there's no chance for me to be a hipster. There was another one. Uh, this was great. <laughs> if you're a parent, you'll, you'll love this. Got five easy steps to be a better parent. Yeah, right. You know, I'm thinking like 500 hard steps to be a better parent. You know, and then and then there was one three steps to make a smoothie. And I'm like, man, if step one doesn't involve ice cream in a blender, I'm out. Okay, because it's not smoothie for me. Well, and that's what we want. If you're here today and you're looking for, hey, I'm looking for a five easy step to knowing God's will for my life, uh, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be dis disappointed because that's not how God works. There's no prepackaged uh, five-step program that you can just order online and boom, you know, I know God's will. No, discovering God's will it's a deeply personal process, the process between you and God. And as you deepen your relationship with God, you're going to begin to hear God's voice. And the more that you hear God's voice, the, the more you're going to hear what God has for your life, hearing God's will. Here, here's the key. The key to knowing God's will for your life, the key for knowing God's will for your life it's getting to know God better. It's getting to know God better. Our main verse for this whole series, John 15, verse 5, that Jesus is divine and we are the branches. If we're connected to him, we know we can do anything, but if we're not connected to him, we can do nothing. We have to be connected to him and to know God's will for our life, but to know God better. And I think that's what makes a follower of Jesus so exciting. Because it's not the same for everybody. A process is different for all of us. It's a relationship. I mean, think about the relationship you have with your spouse. You know, it's a process. 
process that you have with your spouse, that process develops that relationship with your children or with your parents or with other relationships. It's a different, different process. You, you, you treat different relationships in different ways. And, and a relationship with God is a growing relationship with God. That's why, that's why there's no easy one, two, three, four, five steps, boom, I'm done. It's a process. It's a process. It's a relationship. And so today, this is what we want to do. We want to talk about that relationship. We've been, continue, we've been talking about the seven biblical uh, realities, seven biblical truths through knowing and experiencing and doing God's will. Seven. Last week, we talked about reality truth number one, and that is that God is always at work around us every day, every moment. He's always at work everywhere we go. And we're just to recognize, we're to recognize the God's activity in our lives. We talked about that last Sunday. Again, if you missed last Sunday, I hope you'll catch up online. God is at work all around us all the time. Today, the second biblical truth, the second reality that I want to talk about, if you're taking notes, is that God pursues a continuing love relationship that's both real and personal. That God pursues a continuing love relationship, which means that it's real and personal. God's not pursuing a religion with you and me that's real and personal. He's pursuing a, a relationship. See, a religion is all about knowing and following the rules. It's all about that five-step process. But a relationship is about knowing, walking, and growing with God. And the more you know God, the more he begins to reveal his will for your life. James chapter 4, verse number 8. It said, the Bible says, come near to God, and, and he will what? He will come close. He will come near to you. God wants you to come near to him. He wants you to come close to him. He wants you to deepen your relationship that you have with him so that you get to know him better and that you won't miss out on his will for your life. And so how do we do this? How do we come close to God? How do I deepen my relationship with God so that I can know his plan, purpose, and will for my life? And before we get started, before we get into this, uh, let me just say this. Just like any relationship in our lives, your relationship with God doesn't happen automatically. All right? You, you, you can't just hope to God that you will grow deeper. There's no such thing as cost potato spirituality. It, it, so it's not automatic. Your spiritual growth is not automatic. You have to be intentional in your spiritual growth. What are some intentional decisions that you're making? And I'm, what I want to do today is I want to share some decisions that you, should, you know, that you should make, and 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 and, 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 and process this into your life and to deepen your relationship with Him. Intentional choices, intentional decisions to deepen your walk with Him. So, if you're ready to take notes, I've got the handout notes all around you. Uh, also, by the way, you got on your version, you can download the Bible app. And if you have that, you, if you haven't got it, it's easy to download, called your version, Y-O-U version. Um, and then once you download it, 
they're in a live event. You can click on the live event. You can find Lake Point Church, and you can see all the handout notes. You can see the handout notes. In fact, it's already filled in the blank for you, so you can kind of cheat. You can kind of get ahead of me, okay? And so, uh, but if that makes it easy to follow along that way, I invite you to do so um, as well. So how do I deepen my relationship with God? Here's the first choice. I accept God's love for me. I accept his love, God's love, every day of my life. I want you to help me out here. You got to say it out loud. I want you to say something. You got to say it out loud. You got to say it like a deaf person's up here because there is one up here. Um, and you got to say it out loud. Three words. God loves me. Ready? God loves me. Say it one more time. God loves me. Doesn't it just feel good to say that? Doesn't it feel good to believe that the creator of the universe, that the creator of the universe loves you. In fact, God, he loved you and had a plan for your life before you were even born. That the center of his plan was that, in the center of his plan was that you can know him and accept his love and to love him back. Unfortunately, though, Sin got in the way. Sin has broken the relationship between us and God. Sin leads us away from God's love. In fact, sin, it creates a barrier, brick by brick, a wall, a divide between us and a holy God. And because of sin, we don't experience God's peace. Or we don't experience the presence of God. We don't experience God's power. Sin separates us from God for all of eternity. However, the Bible from the beginning to the very end, it tells the epic story of God's unending, God's undying, reckless love that he has for us. That God loves us so much that even though we turn our backs on him, he never once turned his back on me and you. First John chapter 4, verse 9, God's love is described like this. He said, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. God he showed his incredible love for us. By coming into this world as a vulnerable human being, as Jesus Christ, he took all of our sins on, on himself, on the cross, so that things could be made right between us and a holy God, so that Jesus could begin to tear down that wall, to break it down, so that we could have access to the love of God and a relationship with God. And so if you want, a deeper relationship with God, the, the first step is to get into a relationship with God, and that is to accept God's love. To accept God's love. To believe that Jesus gave his life for you on the cross so that you can know God, know his will, and have a home forever in eternity. Let me just say this. If you've never accepted God's love into your life, today is the day. Today 
is today that you can get this settled. To finally say, God, come into my life. I want to accept your love. I want a relationship with you. Accepting God's love is the first step to a deeper relationship with God. Now, for us who are Christians, you realize that we still have to accept God's love and we still struggle with this? We have to be reminded of God's love and accepting it all the time. Whether you're doing it for the first time today, or you've been a Christian for a long, long time, there are times in our life where we feel like that God is very distant from us. That things aren't going the way that we thought it should go. And, and, and there may be times in your life when you just perhaps you're feeling angry at God, or you're depressed, you're going through a dark place. But I want you to notice that no matter what the circumstances, no matter what you're feeling, because feeling comes and goes, no matter what you're feeling, no matter what the circumstances, you never have to doubt God's love. You can bank on it. It is a done deal. You can never doubt. You never have to doubt God's love for you. No matter what you've done to make you think that maybe God doesn't love you, you don't have to doubt God's love. Remember this. You didn't do anything to earn God's love. Therefore, you can't do anything to lose God's love. Now, that's some truth right there. And if I was in an old Baptist church, I would hear some amens in that moment. All right? Hey, hey, you didn't do anything to earn God's love, so you can't do anything to earn to lose his love. Amen. Amen. There we go. All right, there we go. Someone might say, hey, that's good preaching right there, preacher. I know. <laughs> hey, it's always there, God's love. You can count on it. Every day, every moment, it's the one thing that you and I can always count on in life, the love of God. Romans 8:38. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. We have to accept God's love as we go into a deeper relationship with him. Recognize, you know what? God loves me. God loves me. Here's the second thing. We've got to give God first place every day. Priority in our relationship with God. Just like any relationship, by the way. If you want a good relationship, you better put priority into that relationship. All right, a couple of weeks of Valentine's Day, and I made it a priority. You know, to get at least a Valentine's Day card, you know. And yeah, yeah, there you go. I didn't wait till the last minute, you know. I just, I, hey, I got one. And, uh, and, and so I made it a priority. All right? And, and, and hope my wife's birthday coming up. In fact, her 40th birthday. I better make it a priority. Was I supposed to say that? Don't tell her, okay? Sit down in the room, okay? All right, y'all keep that a secret right here. I don't want to get in trouble, all right? So she's going to turn 30 later this month, okay? I, I, I better be ready for that, a priority. If the relationship matters, you put a priority in that relationship. That relationship, it's the same thing with God. 
We've got to give him first place if we want a deeper relationship with God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We make him number one. We make him the priority. And all these other things will be added unto you. Let me give you four practical ways that you can give God first place in your life every day. By the way, these are intentional habits in my life. And also, let me say this before I give you these four things. Uh, these are just practical ways. It's not condensed to these four things. Walking with God, there may be some other stuff you want to add to the pot. And listen, God may, God's going to bless that. But what are you doing intentionally to deepen your walk with God? These are areas in my life that I do. In my day, have a daily quiet time. Have a daily quiet time. Are you spending time with God's word? Are you carving out time for God? That's what's got him too busy. We're all busy. We can all find time. We can all carve time into our day to spend time with him. To spend time with him. So, in my day, have a daily quiet time. We got, By the way, we got those devotional books available in the lobby. If you haven't got one, get one. Uh, 365 days of experiencing God devotionals, and they're in the lobby. Get those. Let that help you in your daily quiet time. Pray. Spend time in prayer. Reading God's word. Growing in your walk with God. In my week, fully engage the Sunday service. Fully engage the Sunday service. Whether you're here in person or online, you're engaged the Sunday service. You know, when we were in our... Uh, quarantine, we had church at home, you know, uh, uh, you know, we, we pre-recorded the service during the week, and then I was watching the service on Sunday morning, you know, the band, and, you know, I had to watch me preach, and, you know, I feel for you, you know, uh, I mean, come on, and, uh, and so, I'm, you know, but hey, on Sunday, you know, when we were at home, you know, Karen would get us off the couch for worship, it's all right, let's sing, we, we would actually sing, you know, we would actually be engaged, you know, in that moment. You know, and uh, so I encourage you to engage the Sunday service. You know, don't don't treat Sunday morning service so casually. Like, you know, if something better come along, you know, we we got something else to do. But if nothing else is happening, let's just go to church. I, man, make this a priority. Whether it's here or online, make it a priority. I get it. Things happen, right? Things comes up. You know, but man, I hope that the heart of it. But you know what? We make it a priority, and things do come up. Kids get sick, or, you know, you have to work, and you can't get out of it. I understand that. You know, I'm not trying to beat you up. But, man, I'm talking about a posture of heart, you know. And, and the cool thing with technology, you can always, you know, come back and watch it online and, and, and view it. And so make it a priority. By the way, fully engaged. And I was talking about, you know, at home. While we were watching it, we were standing up and singing, we were taking notes, and we were engaged in the service. Uh, but here, you know, be, be engaged. Sing. Don't be afraid to sing. You know, I won't hear you. It'll be fine. All right? You'll be good. And so sing. You know, sing. And if anything, at least contemplate the words. Now, we sang some powerful lyrics this morning in our worship song. You know, it's an amazing truth of God's word. And at least, you know, in, your, in those moments, you're engaged. You're not just reading words. You're just not going through the motions. You know, uh, don't, you know, in other words, don't come to church and be a bump on the log. You're not getting anything out of it if you're just going to be a bump on the log. But come to church, engage. 
Take note. You know, ask God every time you come to church. God, I'm about to walk in to church. And God, I'm going to come into church expecting, expecting you to speak to me. So come to us. Come to church with a heart of expectation. So God, I, I want to be open to your word. I want to listen to you. And then a way to be engaged is take the next step when God is calling you to take the next step. You know, we have on the back of our connection card, um, it's customized every week based on what I'm talking about, the message, what the message is about, uh, things that are happening. And, and, and we customize the back of the connection cards every week. And, uh, but, you know, connect, the, your next step, by the way, is not condensed to a four-by-six connection card. God may call you to do something that's off the four-by-six connection card. You may leave here, and, and, and this is my prayer, that when you leave here, you leave here, you know what, there's some things I need to do in my life. That's when I know that you fully engage the Sunday service. When you leave here, making some changes in your walk with God, whatever that might be. All right, so in my day, quiet times, in my week, you know, the Sunday service, in my finances, I honor God by giving Give in a God-honoring way. We say this from time to time. Give God your first and your best. And he will bless the rest. Don't give God your leftovers. Now, my wife and I, we get paid once a month. So at the beginning of every month, we, we, we start the budget. With what we're going to give to God. We give to God in a systematic way and in a proportional way. Systematically and proportionally. And so we're, we're consistent. And so figure out what consistency looks like. If it's once a month, every other week, every week, but be consistent. You know, sometimes, it, you know, we have it online. You can automate. Sometimes it's easier to automate it. Some of you do that, and that's great. You know, you created a system. Automate, you know, whatever that looks like. And then proportionally, you know, give. The Bible talks about giving God a tenth, a tithe. And that's just the base. That's the base. You know, and my wife and I, we pray what we can do beyond that every month. So what, what the needs? What the needs? And, and, and so we give proportionally and systematically every week. We want to give God our first and our best. Not our leftovers, not our, not our last, but our first and our best. And we believe that God will always bless the rest. In my relationship, we're going to commit to a life group. This is the practical way for me. Deepen my relationship with you. I'm going to encourage you to consider this. Consider joining a life group. If you were here in the, during the worship part, we had our life groups up here. It starts this week, except for mine. Because tonight is Super Bowl night, and I you know, think the men would want to, you know, come, and I get it, you know, football. And then next Sunday night is Valentine's. I figured, you know, the wives wouldn't want to, you know, it's it kind of a, uh, I'm not going to compete against Super Bowl and Valentine's, so our group starts in a couple of weeks. But listen, find a group. Get in a group. We've got all kinds of great groups throughout the week, and get connected. Get connected. If you're just coming to church on Sunday and getting the Sunday experience, you're only getting half the experience here at Lake Point. You know, we're meant to do life together with each other. And so I don't know anybody. That's okay. This is the way to meet people. The best way to meet people. It's in our groups. 
and you'll love it. And by the way, if you get in a group and you don't exactly click, let us know. We'll help you find another group. That's okay. Don't, you know, there may be, that happens. That happens. But want you to find the right group, the right group that best fit you. Be a part of one. In my relationship, commit to a life group. So four practical ways. There can be some others. We could probably list them more if we wanted to, but those are four practical ways that you can put God first place, priority in your life. Number three, a third decision as we deepen our walk with God is to obey God's will every day. Obey God's will every day. Isn't it true that there are a lot of things in life that we know we should do, but we still don't do it? For example, I know I shouldn't eat fried food. I know fried food is bad for my health. But man, I love me some fried chicken, right? Right? Can I, can I say, yep, that's right, you know? I mean, I love me some good old-fashioned barbecue. It doesn't matter. You know, I know none of it's healthy, but man, I love it. Right? We know that impulsive buying, it leads to bad spending and it leads us to debt, right? But we still go out and buy things we don't need with money that we don't have. <laughs> right? We still do it. Uh, we know that we shouldn't binge watch Netflix until 3 a.m. in the morning, knowing that you have to get up to work at 6 a.m. the next day. But we still do it. We shouldn't, but we do it. And if we're honest, a lot of times, we know what God wants us to do, but we just don't do it. Jesus said in John 14, verse 15, he said, if you love me, then tell me you love me. Uh, no, wait a minute, that's not what it says, okay? It, it, it says, you know, if you love me, then obey the easy part of what I asked you to do. Is that what it says? No. Here's what it says. He said, if you love me, you keep my commands. In other words, Jesus said, don't tell me that you love me with your words. Love me with your obedience. Love me with your obedience. The, 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 the command that you like, the command that you're not a fan of, but you know it's the command. Don't channel surf the Bible to the stuff you like only. All right? You, you got to take it all. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my command. And if I love Jesus, I should do what he asked me to do, not out of obligation, not, not because I have to, but because I want to. I mean, if you're in a relationship with, you know, husband and wife, you know, my, like my wife. If my wife asked me to do something, she says, God, can you do the dishes? I don't do it out of obligation. I don't do it because I have to. I do it because I want to, because I love her. I want, I want to enrich my relationship with her, and so I'm going I'm to serve her. If you're taking notes, to know God, to love God. To love God is to obey God. Uh, for some of you, you might be in that first part. You're, you're still trying to know God. You know, you haven't quite moved to where you love God yet. You know, you're still in your walk with God. You're still trying to figure out who God is. You know, but the more that you know God and how much he loves you and how much he died on the cross, 
for your sins and how you can have eternal life of forgiveness of your sin. The more you get to know him, the more that you love him. And then when you start to love him, when you start loving Jesus, the more you want to serve him and obey him. Let me ask you a, let me ask you a question. Is there something that you already know God wants you to do, but you're just not doing it? Is there something that you know God wants you to do, but you're just not doing it? Is there perhaps a change that you know that God wants you to make in your career or maybe in a relationship? You know that God wants you to do it, but you keep saying no to God. You know, is there a sin in your life right now that you know God wants you to get rid of it? He wants you to be done with it. He wants you to do something about it. But you're just holding on to it. You're just holding on to it. You say, no, God, I kind of like my pet sin. I, I, I get rid of a bunch of other stuff, but not this. You know what to do. You need to obey God. Maybe you know what you need to do based on what I said in the last point, in point number two. Maybe there's some areas in your life that you're not giving priority. And maybe I step on some toes today already. And you're like, man, Scott, you didn't like it when you started talking about finances. You know, you leave my wallet alone, man. But you know, in the heart of hearts, you know what I'm saying true. You know that, man, that life group, man, I really should. Man, I know I need that quiet time. But, man, Scott, you don't know how busy I am. By the way, the devil, if he can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. It'll make you busy. So, hey, listen. What are the changes you know you need to make? You see, the will of God, listen, the will of God, what, what, oftentimes we say, okay, I don't know God's will for my life. And we're trying to look at tomorrow, five years down the road, ten years down the road. You know, God said, don't worry about tomorrow. Five years, ten years down the road. Worry about what you're supposed to do today. Follow me today. Obey my will today. What is, maybe God wants you to change something. What if there's something in the area of your life that you need to change in the area of next steps? Maybe for some of you, you've been kicking the can down the road about accepting God's love in a deep in a relationship with him. You've been kicking the can. You've been saying, God, I've been in church for a while, and you keep talking about salvation. I'm just not ready to do it yet. I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to give my heart to Jesus yet. But I know I need to do it. I know that's my next step. Maybe your next step, maybe for some of you, Mr. Man, I, I have Jesus in my life, but I've never taken that next step of baptism. I've never gone public with my faith in believer's baptism. And I know that's what I need to do. I keep kicking the can down the road. I, I, I need to do it today, not tomorrow, today. The Bible said today is the day of my salvation when it comes to salvation. But man, for baptism today, Make a decision. You know what? I'm going to do it. I've been saved, but now I need to get baptized. Or, or maybe you need to, man, I need to, I need to be a volunteer. I need to stop being a spectator and get in the game. The back of your connection says we've got opportunities to serve. Get in the game. You know what you've got to do. Just got to do it. 
Maybe you say, you know what? My next step is to become a member of Lake Point. Last Sunday, we had a, our Discover Lake Point class. We had 20 people that came and joined the church last Sunday afternoon. People that said, you know what? I'm ready to come. I'm ready to get my, I'm ready to be a part of something that's bigger than me, be a part of, be a part of God's plan, God's mission here at Lake Point. 20 new people. It's awesome. What's the next step you need to take? What is your next step? Maybe it's to be a part of, sign up for a life group. That's your next step. And so, what is your next step? Whatever God wants you to do, do it. Just do it, right? Look, look what happens when you do what God wants you to do. James chapter 1, verse 25. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law, by the way, what's the perfect law? The Bible, God's word, right? God's word is the perfect law. By the way, we've got great laws. The Constitution, great law, but not perfect. I think of history, and I go back to 1215 AD, when one of the most important documents in history was signed called the Magna Carta. All right? Great document, important document, but not perfect. But God's word is perfect. And, and I love what this says here. Whoever looks intently, that means you're reading it with purpose. You're not just, when you're looking intently in the perfect law, you're not just reading God's word. You're allowing God's word to read you. You're allowing him, the word of God, read your life. And so we're to look intently into the perfect law, man, that gives freedom. Man, don't you want freedom? Freedom of your past? Freedom of your sins, freedom of the baggage. Man, the perfect law. When you look intently into the perfect law that gives freedom of life and you continue in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but you're doing it. The Bible says that they will be blessed with what they do. Do what you're supposed to do right now, what you know that God has for you. Today, today. Number four, we're to enjoy God's presence every day. If you want to deepen your relationship with God, enjoy the presence of God. I, I love hanging out, spending time with my kids. But you know what brings great joy to me as a dad? It's when my kids want to hang out with me, Right? When they want to hang out with me, that brings me joy. I've got that eight-year-old little girl. When I drop her off at school, and I roll down the window as she's walking into the class, you know, into the building, and I would just yell out loud to Abigail, Daddy loves you. And Abigail turns around, and she's not embarrassed by it. She blows me kisses. She says, Daddy, I love you too. And that's awesome. I got a 14-year-old, almost 14-year-old son. I do the same thing for him. I rolled down the window. I said, Nathan, guess what? Dad, what? I love you, man. <sighs> Stop it, Dad. You're embarrassing me, Dad. <laughs> but man, you know what? They love hanging out with me. And I love hanging out with them. Here's the truth. You won't spend time with someone that you don't enjoy being around with. For sure, you can make yourself do it for a little bit. You can force yourself to be around someone you don't really enjoy. 
but you can't do it for the long haul. Over time, that relationship can deteriorate, fall apart. See, that's why your relationship with God can never just be an obligation, can never be something that you check off on a to-do list, can never be just a chore. Your relationship with God can't be something that you do because you feel like you have to do it. See, in John chapter 17, Jesus described what a relationship, a relationship with him looks like. It says in John 17, verse 13, Jesus said, I'm coming to you now. He's talking to God the Father, his heavenly Father. He's praying his prayer because it's one of the last things he does before he goes to heaven, right before the crucifixion and everything happens. He said, I'm coming to you now, God. But I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they, he's talking to the disciples, followers of Christ, the church, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. He said, man, I, I'm, I'm here for, a few, for a, few, a few days longer, for a few more weeks. You know, I'm going to be crucified next week, and I'm going to be resurrected, and I'm here for 40 days. But God, the rest of my time, I, I'm going to teach them these things so that they can experience the full measure of joy so that they can learn to enjoy me. Let me ask you this. What are, you, are, you, are you full of Jesus' joy right now? Are you full of the joy of Jesus in your life? When you wake up tomorrow morning when you're going to work or school, will you be filled with Jesus' joy, a joy that only comes through a deepening relationship with Jesus Christ? And if it's not full of joy, what is it full of? Maybe you say, well, God's kind of full of, it's full of fear. It's full of anxiety. It's full of resentment, anger. Maybe your heart is full of boredom, dissatisfaction. Just, you, know, you got into a rut into our relationship with God. By the way, we are getting a rut with our relationship. I've done it with my wife. We, we, we kind of, you know, our marriage is not perfect. And we fall into a rut. We're just kind of going through the motion. We kind of lose the joy. God said, don't lose the joy. If you find yourself in a rut with God, find the joy in him. Find joy in Jesus. Decide what you're going to Decide today that you're going to recognize and accept God's love every day. Decide that you're going to give him priority in your life. Decide that you're going to obey what, what you already know what to do. Decide that you're going to enjoy his presence. The decision, a decision that you need to make. What are your decisions you need to make? Don't miss this. You will never bring your dead heart to life. You will never bring your dead heart to life if you don't find joy in your relationship with God. Jesus should give everything we need to know so that we can experience the full measure of his joy. His joy. So discovering God's will for your life. Not a simple five-step process that you can order online like how to be a perfect hipster or make it a perfect smoothie. Our worship pastor, by the way, with his skinny, skinny jeans, 
you know, he understands the five steps in order to be a hipster, right, Tom? <laughs> but the truth is, we don't need that. We don't want God's word to be like that. We don't want it to be stale, so predictable. If it is, then we're missing out on the greatest adventure of our life in a growing, deepening relationship with him. Someone asked Jesus, what's the most important thing in life? And Jesus responded, and this is your memory verse this week. Matthew chapter 22, this is how Jesus responded. In verse number 37, Jesus responded to that man and said, the most important thing is this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest command. I pray that in James chapter 4, verse 8, that you will draw closer to God. The more you grow up, the more you come near to him, the more he comes closer to you. He begins to reveal his purpose, his will, his plan for your life. In a deepening relationship with God, you can hear his voice clearly. When you're not in a deepening relationship with God, you're missing it. Our Heavenly Father, we love you. We ask you to help us today. Help us in our walk with you to deepen our walk. Help us to make some decisions today as we leave here today, God. I pray that we take some steps in our life. God, perhaps today there's someone here that's been kicking the can when it comes to accepting your love, your salvation. They know that they need to do this. They know that they need to come to a relationship with you. God, I don't know what the reason might be. Maybe they're trying to Maybe they want to have it all figured out before they make that decision, or maybe they want to try to better themselves before they make that decision, but God, help us to know that while we were yet sinners, you still died for us. You came down. You didn't wait for us to clean up our dirty act, our sin. You came anyway, and you love us for who we are. You love us unconditionally, without conditions. You love us. Maybe, God, there's someone here today that need to stop kicking that can down the road and say, today is the day of salvation. Today I want to accept God's love. And if that's you today, no one's looking, everyone's eyes closed. And he says, God, you're talking to me. I've been kicking the can. But today I need to ask him to come in my life, be my Lord and Savior. Today I need to give my heart to Jesus. The Bible says all we have to do is to call out to him pray to him. We can come boldly. Bible says we can go boldly to the throne of grace, the grace of God. Don't have to go through me. We don't go through a special room. You can do it right where you're at. And a holy God who's omnipotent, who's omnipresent, who's all-powerful, who's all-knowing, he can hear you where you're at in the quietness of your heart where you can cry out to him. Bible says we can cry out to him. You can pray a prayer like this. I could say a few words. You can repeat it out loud or quietly in your heart. God hears. Pray like this. Call dear Jesus. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I've been kicking the can down the road because I know I need your forgiveness. There's a wall, a barrier between me and you. And today, 
I want your son Jesus to tear down that wall because of what he did on the cross for me. He died on the cross for me, buried in the grave for me, rose again on the third day for me so that I could have a relationship with you. And so God, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Give me eternal life. I want this relationship where I can just, where in this relationship I can discover my purpose, my plan, purpose, my will that you have for my life. Thank you for dying on the cross. And I want to look around and say, God, today I stopped kicking the can and I prayed that prayer for the very first time and I asked Jesus to come to my heart. Is there anyone like that? She said, I'll raise my hand. I did that today. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you up. I'm not going to make you feel bad. I want to celebrate with you. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. Thank you for helping us to grow in a relationship with us, that you never give up on us, that you're always for us. So God, I pray that we will reciprocate, that we would want to deepen our walk with you. Jesus' name.